Davis. Her season's going to end on a double doink. One. Unbelievable. Attention listeners, are you ready to be blown away? You asked for it and they listen. Our friends at Manscaped just relaunched the ultra smooth package. It's back, baby. Your new favorite tool and compliments a lawnmower 4.0 to keep your boys smooth while looking and feeling their best. This specialized groin shaving kit is here to help you buff, protect, and shave your most sensitive areas. It's time to crop that bush of yours and get right to the roots of the discount for you from Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping using code DOINK. The legends who introduced the electric ball hair trimmer are bringing back the razor so you can set so you can be set and trimmed from front to back. Men, you no longer have to bore your lady's razor for that precise trim. Step one, grab your handy-dandy lawnmower 4.0 and give your boys a classic trim to your liking to get the loose hairs out of the way and then take out the Manscaped Ultra Smooth Package to make your package the perfect package this summer. The, crop, the crop exfoliator infused with ingredients that can soothe, clear, and keep the skin on around your groin feeling refreshed. The crop exfoliator can help reduce the risk of ingrown hairs in your delicate places. The crop gel, see what, see where you're shaving with our unique clear shaving gel just for the groin. With four essential oils, it's like a spa treatment every time you shave. And now it's time to shave the crop shaver. Was designed for shaving the groin area with confidence. Three precision blades include extra wide lubricating strips and a pivoting head for the ultimate groin grooming experience. Get 20% off and free shipping. You can go doink at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Use the code DOINK at manscaped.com. We also want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. Not everyone is someone they can lean on and talk to. That's where BetterHelp comes in. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 professional licensed therapists. It's not a crisis time. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own professional licensed therapist. If you ever search for a counselor in the area, you know it can take weeks or even months just to get a phone call back. With BetterHelp, you can start communicating as little as 48 hours. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. You deserve you deserve to prioritize your mental health this year. So get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash double doing podcast. We want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. Today's episode is also sponsored by Coolbet. Coolbet is the most cheering sprint gaming company in the world. Coolbet also provides the best odds in Canada with world-class customer service. For first-time users, use the buzz go doink, D-O-N-K, doink, for a 100% welcome bonus of the $200 when signing up with Coolbet. That's code doink, and Coolbet will match your first deposit up to $200. Give our friends at Coolbet Canada. Follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Coolbet Canada. Coolbet, stay cool and bet responsibly. And welcome back to another episode of the Double Doink Podcast. My name is Brendan Deke. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also rate the podcast and review the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. It would also be greatly appreciated. I have a very cool episode for you today as I'll be speaking with actor Bernard Robichaud, who is famous for portraying Cyrus on Trail Park Boys. Bernard, how are we doing? Pretty good, Brendan. Thanks for having me. 
No, thanks for taking the time to come on. Really appreciate it. So before we kind of get into the question stuff, I just want to say the reason I wanted to have you on is Cyrus from Sheriff Boys is probably in my top, I'd go top five TV characters of all time. So I, w- I really wanted to have you on and uh, and speak to you. Well, thank you. That's yeah. very kind to say. I didn't <laughs> think I'd make the top five in anything, but. <laughs> <laughs> I know whenever I, whenever I kind of give my list of top TV characters, I always throw Cyrus and people are like, why, why? I just, I don't know, man, the, the way you portrayed that character, which we'll get into, but uh, I always love that character. Love that show. It was part of my childhood growing up. So it was great to have you on. But uh, Bernard, what have you been up to lately? What's, uh, what's been going on in your life? Uh, just living the life in California, bro. Um, um, yeah, I just finished doing a uh, voiceover for a new animated series out here. I'm not sure who's picking. It. I think Amazon is looking at it, uh, or has, or has picked it up for the fall. And um, got a couple other projects on the go. And uh, my agents are just working on uh, on uh, new miniseries right now so yeah some irons in the in the in the pot in the fire but i I, you know i tend not to talk about them too much just because uh, i find that's just bad juju yeah i feel like you know what if you know you don't want to put the cart before the horses too much stuff can happen and uh that seems to have been always my case whenever i brought something up uh it's it's never really panned out so i just learned over the years that it's better to a still tongue keeps a wise head brendan there you go I like that. I like that a lot. So, um, what are your ties to Canada? Because I know you are you were born in America, correct? You are yeah, US- yeah, yeah. Okay, exactly. And my parents were Canadian. Okay, cool. Where did where yeah. were they born? In Halifax. Halifax. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, did you? I did read somewhere you played hockey growing up. Is that correct? I did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. Yeah, I played a lot. I don't think if you're Canadian and you don't play hockey, you probably don't have any friends because everybody else is out playing hockey. <laughs> yeah, that's how I met most of my friends playing hockey growing up. So it's definitely definitely correct on that. Do you do you still follow hockey? Like, are you a sports guy at all? Yeah, I do. I mean, I've got quite a number of you know buddies that are in the business or you know are still playing or you know were uh, you know in the Hall of Fame or something like that. So yeah, I, I continue to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, do you have a favorite team? Uh, you know, any Canadian team that makes the playoffs and, uh, you know, takes home the cup again would be awesome. So right now I'm, uh, I'm you know, hoping for either Calgary or Edmonton to kind of hang in there. What about other sports? Are you an NFL guy, MLB guy, like any? Yeah, any I watched the, you know, I used to be a regular Pats fan when, when Brady was there. I, you oh, know, okay. I probably don't watch it as much now that he's over at Tampa or, Maybe going back to Tampa, I, I, just, I don't know. I mean, it's um, <laughs> the nice thing about the NFL is there's only 16 games. So, you know, uh, if you're just hoping for one team, I, that I used to just watch the one game and that would be it. So it wasn't kind of like trying to follow baseball or hockey or any of these other sports where there's 80 to 120 games yeah. or something like that. And that just seems to be over the top for me. So I'm just too busy to be sitting down. That's kind of like watching episodic TV. I don't tend to watch that either because I don't I don't have the time to binge watch stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just watch movies. Um, you know, that's typically what I'll, or documentaries or something like that. That's typically what I watch. So I'm, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles guy. So the Double Dunk podcast is based off the Eagles. So we beat you, we beat your ass in 2017. I mean, is that why you don't watch it anymore? <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, that's not it. No. Nope. <laughs> Just play with it. No, but thanks for bringing that up, though. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. 
<laughs> All right. Um, I want to kind of get into your career here a little bit, Bernard. So how did you um how did you get into acting? Like what what was the what was kind of your intro into it? Is it something you've always wanted to do? Kind of take me back a little bit here. Uh no, I thought you know, I was always play professional hockey or basketball somewhere. Um uh no, I um you know, I was going through uh, uh I was modeling at the time. Uh an agent in Toronto told me that uh she couldn't use me. I should be an actor. That kind of fell on deaf ears for, I don't know, a year or so. I was going through a tough time in my, in my uh, young, in my youth. Um, wasn't the best of, uh, wasn't the best of youth growing up. And, uh, you know, a friend of mine told me I was going to end up in jail if I didn't find a better outlet than beating up people or getting in fights on the weekends. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, he, he suggested I go audition for theater school. Um, um, his opinion meant a lot to me. So um, I went to audition for a theater school and they told me that I had some talent, but I'd never be an actor. They were damn wrong. Yeah, uh, they were. But, uh, you know, <laughs> lots of people there every day. So yeah, I didn't That's take it to heart. I just. I just never really believed people that told me that it couldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. So I never took no for an answer for most things that I set my mind to. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, I guess, uh, um, I guess, uh, you know, after it was happened and after I started doing my, uh, acting, I guess it kind of felt good to prove somebody else wrong again, but yeah, you know, you know, it's. I think there's always people in this world that will always try to hold you back uh, for whatever the reason might be. And uh, I think most people just need to understand that and kind of, you know, um, believe in themselves and move on. Do it. Well said. Well said. Definitely chose. Definitely chose the right path. That's for sure. So you uh, you started a few shows um, and stuff before the Trail Park Boys kind of came together. I believe it was like uh, 2000, 2001. Um, how did how did it come together for you to get into the chart park boys? Like, how was the audition process like for you? What uh, did you have to travel somewhere? Like, how did that all come together? Uh, yeah, I was living in uh, a couple hours away from Halifax at the time, and uh, got a call from Barry Dunn about mm, nine o'clock in the evening on a Friday night, asking me if I could uh, make an audition for this show. You know that Mike was. And he were putting together. I mean, I, I had heard about it. I mean, I knew about it. I just, I went to see the, uh, I had seen the the original um, black and white movie uh, with Barry Dunn. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he just said there was, there was no guarantees, but Mike wanted me to audition for this part. And uh, could I make it? And so I drove those two hours in the morning uh had an audition with him around 11 o'clock finished with me around 40 minutes later after you know trying to abuse me with name calling and stuff like that and uh put it all on tape and sent it off to alliance atlantis at the time that was um producing the show monday morning uh, monday afternoon barry called me and said i had the part Nice. Did you so, do you know how many people were auditioning for that part? Because I'll be honest, like they could not have nailed 
it better. Like you, you literally are the perfect fit for that role. So like they hundred percent made the right decision. Do you know how many other people like you had to beat out for it? Because like, they, I, like they couldn't have made a better choice. Yeah. I don't know about that. I, you know, I did, uh, you know, Barry Dunn had mentioned to me at, at one point, uh, um, that uh, Michael Ironside, Alliance Atlantis, wanted Michael Ironside to play Cyrus, and um, and then when they had seen uh, my audition tape, they they looked at Clattenburg and Dunn and said, "Where the fuck did you find that guy?" <laughs> um, so that, I guess, uh, yeah, that, I guess that's that's the only guy I know about, or or, or at least was. Uh, heard about and whether or not that's true or not is another story you know sometimes things are said to make the actor feel like um you know uh, they were the right choice or make them feel you know euphoric in some way i guess or elated uh, i'm not sure you know i mean michael ironside might have been a good pick for the role too you know he's always played like a bit of a heavy so definitely he would not have been, been better than bernard rubbish i'll tell you that I'll tell you that. Uh, thank you, man. <laughs> um, so you get to filming. What were you thinking during the first se season of filming? Because the show is filmed like a lot differently than other shows, right? Like it's a mockumentary style. So, like, what did you? What was your kind of maybe your first thoughts on like your first maybe few days of um, of filming? Got a job. <laughs> that's a good answer. That's that's it. I wasn't thinking anything more than that. You know, get hired, get a job, working with some. Uh, great people that I've worked with before. And, um, that's, you know, I thought nothing more of it than that. I, I don't, you know, I don't get too, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think too much into that kind of stuff. They hired me, they hired me for a reason. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best thing you can take away from that. Once you start thinking about those things, I think that's when your insecurities and stuff come into play, you know, um, I never, ever did that. I learned early in the game that that was, that wasn't uh, the thought process to take into any kind of job that, you know, you were hired um, for, especially in acting. Uh, you know, it's a tough enough business as it is, let alone to be second guessing yourself once you get on set about your talent or what you can do in front of a camera or, or you know, any of that stuff. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's probably one of the reasons one of the reasons why I don't watch myself on TV either. Uh, or, or anything that I've done. I just, um, they hired me for a reason. Um, I thank my lucky stars that I got hired and whatever they do with whatever they shot with me involved in it at that time, that's good enough for me. If when they say they're moving on, so am I. So you don't uh, watch yourself at all? You don't, you never watch a show? No, no, no? I have, no, I've watched some pieces where I wasn't involved in. I've gone to, I've gone to a few of the, uh, you know, premieres and stuff like that. I, I tend to watch, look at the floor when I, <clears throat> I look at the floor when my parts come on and or I know my parts should be coming on. I mean, I've read the script enough times to know when that's supposed to happen. I, I, I yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't need to see myself. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I, yeah, it's just a little strange for me to see myself up there and listen to myself yeah. no fair enough I, I think that's actually like a not common thing but i, I bet that's that's probably uh other actors and, and maybe voice actors stuff like that they don't want to hear or see themselves you, you go for a job you show up you clock out right like it probably makes sense um so i gotta be honest when i 
I think I was about eight or nine years old when I first started watching the show, and I thought it was real at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I full on thought like this was some sort of reality show. Bernard, is this still a thing? Like, do people still come up to you or talk to you and act like this was still real? No, not anymore. It did when it first started happening. There was a number of people that uh, I've happened a lot where people would come up to me and give me the hairy eyeball and, you know, say, what are you doing? Those guys are so nice guys and you're running around with a gun and scaring them. <laughs> like, uh, you do know that's a TV show, right? <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> um. So you had to that give people the news, lot, like, you know, you're not actually Cyrus. You're not actually Cyrus, right? You know, no, uh, you know, it's interesting. It, you know, I mean, look, the format changed the course of television. So, I mean, it was really the first time anything like that was shown. I, I would say that Trailer Park Boys put reality TV and that sort of uh, genre uh, in place. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it was it was the beginning of, all those things and weeds and the office and, you know, shows like that, it, you know, it, um, yeah, uh, I, yeah, Clattenburg was a genius. He saw it way before anybody else did. And, um, yeah. kudos to him. He's a, uh, he's a good guy. He deserves all the credit. Did you, um, so maybe after the first or first or second season, did you think it was going to maybe have like this much momentum? Like, did you think it was going to take off like this? Like, when, when you when maybe when you clocked out of season one or clocked out of season two, did you kind of leave going, you know what, like I'm about to be a superstar? <laughs> Fuck no. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't even consider myself that now. Uh, other <laughs> you are Bernard, are, man. You're a damn right a superstar. <clears throat> a, lot oh, of, yeah. a lot of people do, I know, but I, I don't I don't know why they do. Um, no, season two. Uh, Rob Wells and I were looking at ourselves before we did the classroom uh, scene in season two and looking at each other and saying geez man we got another seven episodes and i said i know like right i mean that's kind of cool it's like one season all in two years it's like yeah. 13 episodes we had done uh, we were gonna do and i thought well yeah, yeah we were you know again we were happy to be working yeah uh you know we weren't thinking that's that was the line where it was seven more episodes geez you know, it was i hope it lasts mm -hmm. <laughs> you know that we weren't we weren't thinking that season three was going to happen. I, I think season three. I think you know some somewhere between two and three, it's it, it's took off. You know, uh, yeah. I, no, we weren't. I don't. I certainly wasn't thinking that anyway. I'm not sure. I can't speak for everybody else, but uh, I, I, I sure as shit wasn't thinking that. No. That yeah. classroom scene where you talk about the grade ten scene—that's maybe yeah, one of that's, my favorite, that's, yeah. maybe one of my favorite scenes in television history. You're—you got to be kidding me! Line it gets me every freaking time. <laughs> <laughs> me every time, I absolutely love that scene. So, um, your character in the show—just if people haven't watched it, or any of my audience—is basically like an antagonist of the trailer park. You're basically um, causing ruckus in the park for the people that are living there. That's it's kind of um, in a nutshell. Why do you think this role fit to you so well? Like, why do you think? Uh, Bernard Robichaud and Cyrus just had such a good match made in heaven. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I grew up in a neighborhood like that. I think I knew a lot of those characters from growing up with them. Um, there wasn't much difference between where I grew up and the guys that were like that. I, I think the difference was the chain link fence that divided me from 
where I was playing ball hockey or shooting baskets and the guys that were outside of that stealing car stereos. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a, it was the gray link fence. It was kind of a gray area. You went to school with those guys the next day. You chummed around, you, you know, uh, what they did is what they did. And you did what you were doing. And, and I, and I think, you know, people do what they think is right because that's, that's what they're, that's what they're exposed to or, or they don't see any other way. Um, and, I, you know, I think those neighborhoods uh, can be, can be difficult for, for um, children and, and youth. And for sure. And, you know, and, and, you know, maybe it's because the parents don't want anything else, or maybe it's because that's all they can afford. And, and uh, either regardless of what it is, I still, think the the idea and the and um you know what people think about um trailer parks in general and, and uh what goes on and um i think that's that's probably part of it who knows um i'm not i don't i don't think i think there's good and bad people no matter what what your what your uh what your tax bracket is uh yeah, sure. you know, but, so i don't I don't really kind of look at people from that kind of perspective, but I do think that growing up in that kind of neighborhood and knowing guys like that, um, it was easy fit for me. I'm not sure that I wasn't, you know, I mean, with everything that I've done, I think there's a little part of me that's a little bit of every part that I play. And I'm sure there's, uh, a lot of me and Cyrus in some ways, you know. Um, um, but I think that once people have talked to me, they <laughs> find out fairly quickly that I'm not that guy, which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Although I think the character was an easy one for people to love to hate. Um, love to love, man. He was, he, was the, he was the best antagonist of all time. <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate that, Brendan. Man. I'm not sure that that's the case, but it's... <laughs> He was. It was a good antagonist, that's for sure. Yeah. So I, one more question on the character um, for the Trailer Park Boys uh, segment. I feel like your character is a little underutilized in the show. Like I feel like the kid maybe dragged out a little bit more of the past of Cyrus and stuff like that. Do you kind of feel that way? Maybe a little bit. Like you think maybe just the the growth of the character wasn't fully there for you. Uh, I'm sure that I felt at times that they could have utilized the character a whole lot more and not just myself, a lot of the other characters too, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think there could have been more development in some of the, the characters for sure. Yeah, uh, there's, there's a ton of talent on that show in general. Just like yeah, I think all the other characters got their fair share, did a whole lot more episodes than Cyrus. I'm grateful that the, for the amount that I did, just because I think that the lack of um, you know, visibility of the character uh, made people want to see him more. Um, and so I think that those episodes are probably higher rated than most of the episodes, which is kind of a nice little, you know, kudos for me mm-hmm. uh, and the character. Um, but um, whether or not they used them uh, less or more, that was really my decision. I, I think, uh, you know, um, it was a strong character um, and I uh, think you, you have to look at, you know, the other characters and what they're doing and trying to achieve as well. So I'm not sure it would have been good for 
the other characters to have such a dominant character possibly taking over the screen time or dominating it in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I mean, Cyrus went in jail and uh, because it's shot as a documentary, I think you have to kind of make it look like, you know, he should still be in jail this season or part yeah. of it. You know? <laughs> no, fair um, enough. Yeah, you know, so, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, I, I'm, look, I'm okay with, I'm okay with how it all went down. And, uh, you know, I'm, you know, clearly still has made a mark. I mean, even after 22 years, I, I'm still doing interviews. <laughs> there you go. Do you, uh, do you still, um, do you still stay in touch with some of the castmates like Rob Wells and whatnot? I don't stay, I don't, I'm not in touch with them that often. Uh, I'm, I'm going back to Halifax in August, uh, for my mom's, um, uh, so we'll see. Um, I, last time I spoke to Mike was, uh, he was at a, a, a Toronto hockey game and, and, uh, a buddy of mine, Rod Black, uh, TSN. They, they yes, must have shown, yeah. yeah, they must have shown them on TV. So Rod called me and asked me to, you know, see if the guys wanted to come up to the alumni box for the Maple Leafs. So I contacted yeah. Mike and said, you know, do you want to go up there? Rod Black is asking. And he said, uh, oh, yeah, sure, man. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure they were well taken care of up there. And, and I'll mm-hmm. probably get a hold of Mike just before I head to Halifax just to see what they're doing. And, if there's uh, anything uh, that they're shooting on their swear net, to, they want to, if they'd like me to drop by or something, and whether they do or not, I, it, you know, I will touch base with them for that for sure. So outside of Chipper Boys, you've had a bunch of other roles. Uh, one I kind of want to focus on is Haven because I actually did watch that show as well. Um, and you filmed the uh, John Dunsworth was in that, I believe as well. Yeah. Um, what's um? I guess Haven's project is six out to me. Is there another project that kind of sticks out to you that you've done in your career that maybe that you're proud of um, besides Stark Park Boys or something that like you really think about all the time? Hmm. No, I don't think of any of them really, <laughs> to be honest with you. People ask me that question a lot. And I, I, I you know, I, I don't, I, I honestly can't remember a lot of the stuff that I've done. There's some that I do remember. Jeez. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I remember the first role I did. Um, uh, I remember uh, Tiffy from um, uh, a Tiffy character from um, uh, I can't even remember the movie. See, um, but it was uh, Lifelines: The Victory. It was called. Okay. Um, and yeah, that, that was that was back in the early nineties, right? I believe that was. And that yeah, was yeah. A fun role to play with. Yeah, some great actors in that. Um, let's see, what other ones do I? I don't know. I mean, I, I you know, it was uh, fun doing uh, uh, working with uh, Kathy Bates, and yeah, yeah, I did one, uh, you know, um, with uh, Billy Zane, and and Billy was a very giving gifted actor and uh you know had a small role with uh with james con you know and another yep. one yeah so i mean those were those are probably some of the more memorable ones not that i haven't worked with a lot of great actors in the past uh yeah i think uh, every everything i've been involved with i would consider anybody that's working on any of those projects are 
great actors. There's a lot of talent out there. And uh, to be part of some of those and be part of that team or those teams is, um, you know, I'm blessed, very happy about that. You know, I couldn't be um, grateful, you know. So you said you don't watch TV shows. Um, you live in California. It's beautiful out there. What what else? What do you like to do for fun? What do you do? Uh, what do you do around town? I think I read you're a golfer. I believe, right? You're not a golfer. Yeah, I, I don't golf as much anymore. Um, I I golfed yesterday on the nice. preserve. Uh, it's a like a hundred fifty million dollar Tom Fazio design. Wow, cut out in the Santa Lucia. It's a private golf course, but I um I work there. I'm I. I became a professional caddy out here, so okay, cool. I work uh, Pebble Beach and do the AT and T, you know, wow. Taylor Made, you know. Um, I do. Uh, I work Pebble Beach, Spyglass Hill, Cypress Point, which is probably the number one golf course in the world. Uh, mm. You know, uh, Spanish Bay and the Preserve. I got all the top ones are in this area in Carmel, um, nailed down, and uh, yeah, I love giving back to. Those that are trying to, you know, have the best round uh, of their life uh, on some of the best golf courses uh, in the world out here. So um, my, I guess my knowledge of the game and, um, and expertise to some degree is, has, has benefited me when it came to golf. I mean, I guess it was always an athlete. So um, being out there and um, caddying for, whether or not it's a pro or or just you know somebody that's got it on their bucket list and trying to get them around the courses, um, yeah, it's quite an quite an accolade. I was I caddied for Chip Beck for five four days five oh, wow. five golf uh, two weeks ago. So I get to you know I get to I get to meet a lot of uh, a lot of interesting people. It's I mean, a lot of people have always asked me like why would you do that when you're a great actor and you could be out in Los Angeles. And, you know, I, I haven't been able to find an agent that I, you know, could trust in Los Angeles since I've been here. Uh, I still keep my agents in Toronto because they've always been good to me. And uh, I don't, you know, um, I think with everything I've done, you know, trying to find uh, an agent, you know, through COVID was almost impossible. Yeah. Uh, and I'm okay with that. I, I like that people are just offering me uh, scripts to read and stuff like that at this point in my career. And I don't not standing in 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 lineups, uh, cattle calls uh, for for castings. Uh, you know, it, it, it has become more specific for me, and I, I'm so very grateful that that's kind of how it's worked out. And you know, it's easier for me to meet a director, a producer, or somebody uh one of these golf courses quite frankly that oh, for sure yeah a million people in california in yeah. los angeles so uh in that regard I, I you know i think i chose the better you know the better end of the two and this is kind of a this is a unique little area that i'm living in uh, because of those golf courses uh, you know six million people come through carmel in the run of a year as tourists so it's uh it's probably one of the most recession-proof places I've ever met in the world yeah. in that regard. So I feel very, uh, very lucky, very fortunate that this has happened to me, you know. You know, especially, you know, five years ago, I was, you know, looking at, uh, you know, I had cancer. So 
Okay. It's a different perspective in your mind about, about life. And, and, uh, so ended up here and, and, uh, being healthy and, and, uh, being able to take part in, and, uh, walking the top of the grass every day instead of pushing it up. Yeah. Uh, has been, uh, has been a, um, very humbling experience. Well, congratulations on a clean bill of health. I did not know that you'd be cancer. Both my parents would be cancer. It's very close to my family and my heart. Um, and golf is also close to my family and my heart, too. I just literally got extremely jealous of you listing off all those golf courses <laughs> you played. Um, I, I live just outside of Toronto, the outskirts of Toronto, so about 40 minutes east of Toronto in a town called yeah. Ajax. So yeah. there's some nice golf courses around here, not the best. Um, yeah. I could basically throw a rock at a golf course from my house. I've got a membership there every summer. So, That's kind of um, nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. that, and you get to walk there too. So, um, and be, you like you like to play three months, four months of the year, right? Where you can you can walk out and go golf whatever the hell you want. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, it's a twelve month of the year kind of uh, experience out here. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, last question for you, Bernard, before I let you go. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to achieve or accomplish? Like, what are your goals? I guess for the next five, ten years or so. Is there anything that you got on your mind? A specific role you want? Tell me what the future looks like for Bernard Robichaud. Well, I'm doing what I, I want to do right now. I really love uh, doing the caddying. I, I like that, you know, there's projects in the works for me. Uh, I think my biggest thing would be uh, I just want to stay healthy long enough to be able to see my daughter be uh, achieve her goals and uh, mm -hmm. and be able to move on and, and do her thing. And uh, uh, whatever that may entail, I, I know she's got some uh, – some dreams and um, goals that she wants to attain. And I'd, I'd like to be around to see those happen. That's awesome. Bernard, thanks so much for doing this, man. I greatly appreciate it. You're the man, like I said, Cyrus and Shepard Boy is one of my favorite roles and act uh, characters of all time. It was a pleasure and an honor to speak to you. Um, is there anything you want to plug in before we go? Um, your like, social media pages, a project you got coming out, anything at all? Uh, no, I don't want to talk about the projects. Like I said, uh, you know, people are interested in, uh, you know, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. I guess you know um, I'm on the, I'm on that social media platform. I do answer emails that you know are um, heartfelt and not uh, fuck off. I got work to do. <laughs> you know, knock 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 joke again or something like that. Uh, so those ones I just kind of delete. But uh, you know, if it's a heartfelt thing. Uh, and not spam, uh, I tend to answer them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, that was funny. That's, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you probably get a lot of fuck off. I got work to do email. Uh, I got a few of those. Yeah. Safety's always off all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Or that people ask me to tell them to fuck off. I got work. <laughs> that's awesome. Kind of hard that Thanks. You, uh, you know, you could get beat up for telling them when you were younger to get people you know, for telling people to fuck off. But now for the last 22 years, people ask me to tell them to fuck off. It's a, uh, it's a strange turn of events. It's the way life works, man. It's a crazy man. Uh, Bernard, man, thanks so much for doing this out of last year. The best and um, all the best in the future. And if I ever come to California, take me golfing. Okay. I will do that. Yeah. Friend. No problem, buddy.